about how thinking too little of yourself, or thinking, you know what, God could never forgive me. I've done too much. There is no way that my, in my past that God can forgive me. I am not good enough. I will never be good enough. I'm just going to live my life and die. And we also talked about maybe thinking too much of yourself becomes an obstacle to Christ. Right? So we talked about pride being leveled out. Because our pride often keeps us from this God that we, that, that we want relationship with. So we make a path. And we talked about last week how that path is a beaten path. It's a beaten path because you and I know that path well. And we've gone up and down that path between us and God many times going to God. And we talked about where, where the, the prophecy in Isaiah said to fill in the valleys. And I use potholes just as an example for some of you who have been through some pretty big potholes. To fill in the valleys, though. Fill in the valleys and to level the mountains. And then we also talked about another obstacle in our lives could be our lack of spiritual growth. See, the, the scripture here in Isaiah also talks about the process. It talks about smoothing things out. It talks about the rough edges of our lives. And when we don't submit our lives to Christ, when we don't submit to him working in our lives, those rough edges never get smoothed out. So there's a, a, a process of submitting to him. And this should be a constant process until the day that we die, the day that we meet face to face with our Lord and Savior. But when we say prepare the way, prepare the way for what? That's the question. Prepare the way for what? When we hear often in, in these tones, we think of maybe prepare the way for a new kingdom. Prepare the way for something new that will not, let's put it this way, that will fulfill the old covenant, not replace, but fulfill the old covenant. Prepare the way for the Messiah through repentance and baptism. You see, this call, John the Baptist, was not a call to religion, was not a call to even a building. It was a call to a movement that would end up shaking and changing the world. I want you to see that in our faith. Because I think we've often lost that the more organized we become. That this began as a movement that began to make a difference in the world immediately. People flocked to Christ. And this is a kingdom not of this world. It's a call to change. A call to a renewed heart and purpose. And this call has not changed. We are still called to a new kingdom. A movement. We're still called to a movement to change the world. A kingdom of new hearts. A kingdom with a call and a purpose. You see, we serve a living God. You heard me say it this morning in our worship, or at the end of worship, that his word is living and active. And we serve a living God that cares about the things of this life. A God that is active in our world today. And a God that we believe here in this place still works miracles. Still pours out his spirit. That still the sons and daughters prophesy. Still people are healed. And we continue to believe that. Not because that's what I say. Not because that's what we've heard about the grapevine, but because that's what this says. And this is what we believe. This is where we place our faith in God's word. A God that is living and active in our world. Do you recognize, do you realize that 12 men and many women who follow Jesus changed the world? Just a handful of people. Did you ever think of that this morning? Have you ever thought of that? A handful of people. That's where it started. It did not start with 100,000 people. 
It did not start with a hundred people or thousands. Although we see a Pentecost that several thousand were ministered to. It started with a handful of men and women. A handful of people that were filled with the Holy Spirit. A handful of people that preached the gospel of Jesus Christ boldly. And that's the only reason that thousands of years later, in a land thousands thousands of miles removed from where this verse began, that we sit here in this place because there have been people that have preached boldly the word of God. And it continues to this day. Thousands of miles from where it began. And if that is the case this morning, what kind of damage could 50 people do filled with the Holy Spirit and preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ? Kind of See, we have the same Holy Spirit. We have the same power available to us. So what's stopping us? I've been thinking a lot about obstacles as we talked about last week, and I think there's going to be more on this as God continually works through me on this and in me. But I keep coming back to this. What is stopping us from being a movement that God is beginning to change and shake our community and to change the world through this movement. What are the obstacles? You see, the mission I want to share with you this morning, this is not something that has changed over and over again. The mission has not changed. Although the ways to accomplish that mission has changed over the years. Right? Just like you would expect any missionary to go into a culture and begin to learn that culture so that they can share the gospel in that culture, we are the same here in America. We have to learn our culture and share that gospel in a way that the culture, it makes sense to the culture. It's no different. So the methods have changed. The way that we preach the gospel, the way that we do worship, the way that we do other things, and we give, and we have websites, and we do all these things online, all have changed. But there's one thing that hasn't changed, and that's the mission that Christ gave us, to go into all the world, preaching the gospel, and making disciples baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And he said he would never leave us or forsake us, that he would be with us until the end of the age. There's something there about growing the kingdom of God, about building the kingdom of God. And how do we grow the kingdom of God? We make disciples. Okay, let's go back. How do we make disciples? We first have to start with spreading the seeds of the gospel. How do we spread the seeds of the gospel? Well, just like any farmer that would have to go out and do some work, it's, it's going to take something that looks like work. It's going to take time. It's going to take preparation of the soil. It's going to take intentionality. And maybe it may take even a little boldness that comes from the power of the Holy Spirit at work in and through. See, according to Matthew 13, 11, there are secrets to the kingdom of heaven all believers should know. The first secret is this, that the gospel needs to be, needs to take root in you, in good soil, before there can be an expectation of harvest. The gospel needs to take root in you, in me, in good soil, before there can be an expectation of harvest. Let's talk about that this morning. The gospel takes root in you. Now, I'm going to Matthew chapter 13, and in this particular passage, it's interesting that it's segmented this way. But there's a first part of it in Matthew 13, where Jesus is giving this parable to the crowd. 
It's almost like the top of a bun. In the middle is this part where Jesus is speaking specifically to his disciples. And then at the end is this interpretation of what he was speaking to the crowd. He was telling his disciples, this is what it means. So in order to kind of get the full effect here, we're going to go by part by part and look side by side to not only the parable that he spoke, but then his explanation. So that takes us to Matthew chapter 13. We're going to read verses 3 through 4. And then right next to that, we're going to read verse 19. And I'm reading this morning from the English Standard Version. And it says this, A sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. So that's the part of the parable. Here's the interpretation. When anyone hears the word of God, or word of the kingdom, and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches it away, snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. So we see the first thing is we see some seed that fell along the path, where there was no soil. The gospel is quickly snatched away by the evil one, taken away before it can take any root in the heart. It had zero impact on this life. I'm guessing none of us are at this point because we're all here today. The gospel has had impact in our lives one way or another. But my guess is that there are people in your life, people that you have loved, family members, that have heard the gospel, and yet you look at their lives and you see that it has little or no impact on the way that they live. You see, the way was prepared, but the obstacles like pride or maybe not thinking they're good enough for salvation stood in the way they just shrunk it off. No big deal. They gave up. But then there were the seeds that fell on the rocky ground. Matthew chapter 13, verses 5 through 6. Again, side by side with verses 20 through 21 in the interpretation. This says, other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil. And immediately they sprang up since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered. Here's the interpretation that Jesus tells to his disciples. He says, As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet no root has no root in himself. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation and persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. I think for some of us, this one hits a little closer to home been around the church for a while, you've seen this. This person may have even been here at some point. Maybe you've accepted the seed of the gospel and it burned out at one point in your life. Maybe you've rededicated your life and now you're back. This person may have been you. And I think we all have moments of struggle where we may question God about what he's doing and why he's doing it. For some of us, maybe it was, why God did you turn my power off this week? Or my heat? You see, without deep roots, we burn out. We're scorched by the sun. We're scorched by that situation that happens. We're scorched by that circumstance, and we die quickly. We blame God for everything. We know that often God uses these circumstances to help us grow deeper roots. But often we see people fall away when the going gets tough. Some immediately fall away. 
but others given the same circumstances seem to grow deeper roots. Then there are the seeds that fell among the thorns. Matthew 13, 7, and in verse 22, it says, Other seeds fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Verse 22, As for what was sown among the thorns, this is the one that hears the word, but the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. It chokes the word. How many seeds of the gospel have been planted that have been choked out by the cares of this world and by the deceitfulness of riches? We can all identify people that seem seems like the gospel had taken root in their lives. We saw some differences. We saw some changes begin to happen. But there were thorns in their lives. Maybe those thorns were relations or some kind of a past or broken relationships. Maybe it's chasing the American dream. Whatever it was, there was something. There was some thorn. There was something wrapping around them that wouldn't let go. And the root of the gospel was choked right out of their lives. And with the busyness of life these days, the thorns can be represented in many of the things that take our time each and every day, each and every week. Those thorns can be social media, phones, or internet, or constant opportunities to do, 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 experience, 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 get the new one, get the new one, get the new one. And so many things are fighting for our limited time and our limited dollars. All while the gospel the gospel is being choked in us. I'm telling you, church, we need to guard our hearts from the constant temptation for the seed of the gospel, gospel to be choked out in our lives because it's being crowded by so many other things. And its list of priorities are far down our list. It's a constant danger that we, the church in America, have to face. In other countries, maybe not as much. Many of them would say they feel sorry for us because of the things that we the gospel is crowded in our lives. Then there are, of course, the seeds that fell among the good soil. Matthew 13, 8, and verse 23. So the other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. And here's the explanation. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands the word. He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, and another sixty, and another thirty. This is the one who hears the word and understands it. I had a professor at the University of Pittsburgh when I was taking a, it was a business account class. He would say, it is not that you notice the crazy, it is that you Understand the It's not that we memorize the gospel. I think most of us here in this place know. But it's that we understand the gospel and its impact in our lives. There was a commercial on TV in the 80s when I was growing up. Back in the 80s. Without great times. Set players and impacts. VCRs, beta, all that kind of stuff. You might remember this commercial. There were some elderly women that were driving around in a car, and uh, they were going to different fast food burger chains. And they would drive up to the window, and 
they would see the burger that they would be given, and it was mostly bun, and just a little bit of beef, a little bit of burger. Which prompted the question, where's the beef? Where's the beef? Of course, the beef was found at Wendy's, which according to the commercial, had more beef than the Whopper or Big Mac. And so we think of where's the beef? Where's the meat? Where's, we don't want the filler. We want the meat of God's word. We want the meat. We want to find out what's on that sandwich for us, right? And if the gospel has been truly planted in good soil, there should be a crop. And, and that crop, That crop prompts the question, where is the fruit? Where is the fruit? So we've heard the gospel. We begin to understand the gospel. We begin to live the gospel. And it changes you. You live differently. You make decisions differently. And when you live differently, you tell others about why you live differently. And something about the early church. The early church had no programs, had no building, had no events, had no marketing. They only had their testimonies and the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they lived lives that were changed dramatically. They were bold and they lived differently. They met together constantly. God was doing something among them that they could not wait to share with someone else about what God was doing. As I continue to think about this, I continue to think. Have we lost this? Have we lost this excitement? It may be that the soil of our lives has become hardened by life, jaded by struggles and relationships, and complicated by what we have experienced as church. This church in the past has endured some storms. I want to say to you this morning, church, especially for those of you who were there for many of those storms, and you, you, you're still here. You can abandon ship. You're still here. I want to say to you this morning that that was the past. This is now. God wants to do something in the now. He's not interested in looking back to the past. He's interested in the now. So if we have struggled, if we've become hardened for Jacob, why would we want to invite someone else to the church? I think God wants to turn up some new soil in our lives so that it's ready to re- receive the gospel anew and it will revitalize our faith. You see, the spread of the gospel begins with us because we are the farmers. We are what this particular passage says. We are the sowers. We are the ones that spread the seed. This is the way it's supposed to work. We are changed. We tell people about the change in us. Then they tell somebody about the change. Then they tell somebody about the change in them. And this is what I believe Jesus was trying to teach his disciples in this sandwich. I told you there was a bun at the top and a bun at the bottom. So we had this parable. And then we had the explanation of the parable. And in between, Jesus begins to say some other things to his disciples. And later on in this chapter, in verse 51, which we'll talk about in a few weeks, Jesus asked the disciples, have you understood these things? Have you understood these things? And I believe he is asking us the same question today. Do we truly understand the life-saving impact of the gospel of Jesus Christ? 
This is part of the secret of the kingdom of heaven. That the gospel of Jesus Christ needs to take root in us and you again. Here's where we get to the heart of the message, the meat of the sandwich. Matthew chapter 13, verses 10 through 16. It says, Then the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered them to you. It has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. But to them, it's not been given. For to the one who has, more will be given. And he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables. Because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled that says, You will indeed hear, but never understand. And you will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and turn, and I will hear. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. The question talking about gospel is talking about how the gospel is from this passage is has our heart grown dull to the gospel. Do we really understand? Are our ears barely able to hear? Or are our eyes closed? Maybe the church of America has heard the gospel so many times that we've become numb to it. We have forgotten the impact of the gospel on our lives, on how he's changed us on what he's done for us, on his many blessings in our lives. And the path, this passage says, he who has will be given more, and he who has not, even what he has will be taken away. If you have the seed of the gospel, and you use it, in other words, you scatter it, you'll be given more. Your hand will have more of those seeds. If you have the seeds of the gospel, and you're just holding them in your hand, and you're not sowing and you're not scattering them, you will lose what you have. You will lose your opportunity to share the gospel with people you love, with people you care about, so that their lives can be changed. And then this prophecy from Isaiah, there's a word of hope in verse 15. It says, if you will hear with your ears, if you will see with your eyes, and if you understand with your heart, He will make that soil that maybe has become hardened and fertile again. That soil will begin to be churned. That soil will become fertile once again. That soil will receive the seed of harvest, the seed of the gospel in your life once again. And there will be a harvest many times over. How many of you want to see the gospel take me? Prayed and we sang this morning, we need a fresh wind. Pull your spirit out of this. How many of us would like to see some fruit? There will be people here in this church because of your influence. Because you invited.
Because you share with them what God has done in your life. Stop holding on to the seed this morning and start scattering the seed that you've been given. Now, one thing we learned from this parable is you can't control where that seed falls. You can't control the soil. So it's our responsibility to just it. And when it falls on the right soil, the gospel will take it. Life change. Central to any revival, as I said last week, is the salvation of people. And this is how we go from COVID to revival. First, by removing obstacles and preparing the way. And second, by letting the gospel take root in us so that the gospel can move through us. Want to notice, not to take root in us to stay there, but to take root in us so that the gospel can flow through us to someone else. Father, I thank you for your word today. I thank you that your words are coming out. I thank you that your word speaks to us today in this environment and what we're going through and what we face. And I thank you, Lord, that your word is a light into our feet. Your word is encouragement. Your word is strength when we are weak. And your word is also challenging in areas that maybe we've Lord, I pray today that you would make the gospel come alive in us again. May it not be choked out by the cares of this life. Give us your Holy Spirit and give us boldness and give us the words to speak when they're needed. Use us, Lord God, today. We pray. Once more, with every head bowed, every eye closed, you may be listening. This morning you're hearing this message and you're ready to make that decision. Or maybe you've walked away from Christ for a time. Maybe you've gone through a season and this morning you're ready to come back. You're ready to, your soil is, is ready to take that seed of the gospel. And you want to see God do that amazing work, that amazing life change in you. You want to receive that forgiveness in your life. You want to see God working in you. You want to see God changing you. You want to start life fresh. The first step is to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And as you've heard today, there will be times of struggle. The enemy of your soul will want to take that seed from you. The cares of this life will try to crowd around you and keep the seed from growing in you. And this morning, if you say this prayer, if you're ready to give your heart to Jesus Christ, my challenge to you is don't let that happen. If you're ready today, all you have to do is receive him into your life. And he can make you new. See, Jesus Christ died on a cross as a sacrifice for our sin so that we can be forgiven. And not only did he die, he did not just die, but he rose again so that we can be raised to new life. And we sang that song this morning. The resurrected king has resurrected me. And if you've never surrendered your life to Christ today, or you need to renew that relationship, I'm going to ask you to say this simple prayer. You don't have to say it out loud. Say it in your heart, wherever you are, if you're watching online, if you're here this morning. Say, Lord, I believe you died for my sins. And today, I am giving my life 
I believe you rose again. Forgive me of my sins. Make me what you right now. And fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. This morning I want to challenge you that if you pray that prayer, let us know in the chat if you're watching online. Or check the box on the connection card that says that I gave my life to Jesus today. We would be able to contact you and, and help you continue to grow in your faith. Also, there's an app I want to encourage you to download if you don't have it yet. It's an app called New Version. I think they're coming out like almost 500, um, 500 million, 500 million downloads of New Version. Uh, God's Word on our people's phone. And it's coming close. I don't think they're quite there yet. But 500 million downloads of God's Word. I want to encourage you to download the New Version app and then look for a devotional at the, in the box that says First Steps for New Years. In the church that you can continue to grow in your faith. If you're local, we're here on Sundays at 10 a.m. If you don't, if you're watching from far away, find a church that's close to you that teaches God's word that you can continue to grow. This morning, church, my prayer is that we would have good soil for the gospel of Jesus Christ to take root in us. That we would not be hardened, that we would not forget the power of the gospel, and that we would not be deaf, blind, or dull for the gospel. Prayer to the Lord is Lord refresh us today. Lord, you need a fresh Remind us, Lord God, of our first love. That we may allow your gospel to take root in us so that you can speak through us and that we will bear much fruit. And as we stand this morning, as I read this passage, Lord, we will have you. Remember, chapter 2, 1 verse 7, and I encourage you to us as we continue to. Let that gospel take root in us, that we would continue to grow in our faith, that we let that take root, and we get back to our first love, that same passion that we have when we first came to Christ. Revelations 2, 1 through 7. That's not going to be on the screens this morning, so I just want you to listen and receive it today. To the angel of the church in Ephesus, write, the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your toil, and your endurance, and how you cannot bear with those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, and you have not grown weary. But I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love that you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. Repent and do the words you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Yet this you have. You hate the works of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has near, let him hear what the Spirit says in the churches. So the one who conquers, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. My charge to you this morning is to go. Renew the love that you had at first. Renew the works that you did at first. To go and renew your commitment and passion for the gospel. To go and scatter seeds. To go and produce a harvest 30, 60, and 100 fold. May it be so. Amen. God bless you. Have a great Sunday. We'll see you next time.